Um, hey, um, my name is Ellie. Hi, my name is Liz. And today we will be discussing um, our beliefs and a lot of anxiety related things. And the thought and idea of this podcast was actually us speaking about how our beliefs and what we think about uh, helps us get through our anxious thoughts and feelings. And one of the things that we actually really related on uh, and how we became friends was how anxious we both were. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we're natural thinkers and investigators. And uh, sometimes that drives us a little a little up the wall because we get so nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I think that me and Liz really much have in common is even though our beliefs are a little bit different, I think that we're both very optimistic and mm-hmm. we both really love writing and poetry. Yeah, I forgot about that part. And uh, we both kind of communicate and think the same and our beliefs really, really drive us. And we're very like confident and um, we determined about what we believe in. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's. Yeah. Uh, we should start talking about how we met each other actually. Mm. Yeah, that's a good idea. So we both worked at Yankee Candle in Freeport. Um, and yeah, how long? I worked there for like two and a half years. How long did you work there for? Not even a year. So I uh, last summer was trying to find a second job because I was a camp counselor last summer. And I was trying to find a second job because I was trying to pay for school uh, for the, for that year. And I got a key holder position at Yankee Candle. Mm-hmm. Say that, yeah. Yep. Uh, and I would have worked there again this summer, but there it was closed due to COVID. So mm-hmm. I worked there that summer and like a week and a half during the winter season. Mm. I loved that job. I mean, there were times where it was really annoying and with like certain people, but um, when we had downtime, we started talking a lot about our beliefs and like what we were studying in school, all that stuff. Ellie's only like a year and a half older than me. Mm-hmm. So there's not like a huge age gap, which is nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, in our downtime, we would talk a lot about um, like Christianity and as well as like um, her fascinating um, views on the universe. And yeah, it was really productive. We would talk a lot. Yeah. Uh, the How we got to talk a lot about this, because uh, you're probably wondering how the heck did you get away with talking about such controversial topics <laughs> uh, in front of a like a store full of people, but there was really not a lot of people that would mm. walk into Yankee Candle. Uh, I would say that a store like that wasn't very, I would say it was popular during the summertime, but not very popular. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we would be doing a lot of sitting around and waiting for customers after the hours of like 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's usually when Liz would work. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, my mom also worked there. So uh, she, when I wasn't working, she would be working with Ellie. And yeah, we'd kind of just, all three of us have a conversation at different times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Liz and her mom really, really helped me last summer get through a lot of emotional things and a lot of like questions I actually had about Christianity and stuff because even though I am very optimistic and I'm kind of a free thinker and there's some parts of Christianity I do believe in per se, I'm definitely a lot more like spiritual, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And more like universal, universal. And, uh, uh, like I believe more in stories like, the Buddha and things along those lines. And uh, there was, and I 
did believe in a lot of beliefs that were very Christian, but the biggest questions I kind of had about it were like, oh, do you really believe in like a virgin could get pregnant, you know, like the Virgin Mm -hmm. Mary or like, do you actually believe that Adam and Eve were what started humanity? Yeah. (laughs) Like little things like that, that I was just like, how can you wrap your head around this? Like one big thing that I was so like frustrated with actually in Christianity was like, how in the world do you believe that like someone could go to hell for eternity? Mm, (laughs) Which I feel like a lot of people actually like kind of wonder about too. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I mean, God gave us minds, so we're going to think and he always gives us the option. So like of what we're going to think about, what we're going to believe. I like, it was, it really came along at a really good time because I had a lot of similar questions that I was just working through. And so I think God and his sovereignty really just like put us on the same path so that we could converge and converse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are the part of it. That's the part of it. I really, really believe in like, I mm-hmm. truly believe that everything happens for a reason. Yes. And I truly believe that if I didn't meet you and your mom, I wouldn't have been going back to school. So wow, I'll yeah. give you a little bit of a, a concept on that is it's uh, I'm going into my fourth year of school. So my senior year of college And it's been like a topic uh, or I should say an ongoing issue where every summer I would have to meet uh, like a a set number of of, of thousands of dollars, not not too much, but enough to make it seem unmanageable where I wouldn't think that I was going back to school. But somehow every year I Mm. always did it. And uh, I do remember, though, that um, Liz and her mom would tell me that if I just trusted God, those are the exact words, trusted God and trusted that he knew my best interest and that he loved me and all these really sweet things that I actually didn't take into consideration, then anything that I wanted would happen. And it was very similar into my beliefs of instead of saying what God is, it's like the universe, like trust the universe kind of, mm-hmm. that's confusing, but that's kind of what I believed. But uh, Liz and her mom really kind of believed it more from kind of a loving and worthy standpoint, which was really, really like nice to hear. Like, (laughs) so like, like so nice to hear and so nice to know. And I asked myself if I wanted to really believe in that part of it and like take that part of it with me. And I, I did, I wanted to, I wanted to adopt that into my own beliefs and it ended up really working for me because I got that semester completely paid off and I didn't even have to pay. Mm. any of it from my own pocket which Mm -hmm. I was so thankful for yeah it was seriously miraculous situation that totally just blew our minds like it's not always super often like every prayer is answered it might be yes no or wait but um it really uh was different this time because for me I was seeing a prayer answered right in front of my face like such a specific prayer um yeah it was incredible because she got back in touch with her grandfather and Yeah. And so I think um, sometimes God uses the people we least expect. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing how he does that. But yeah, seeing that prayer answered right in front of my eyes, like helped my faith too. And so, um, yeah, it was really refreshing, really encouraging. And that's the difference is when you talk to people about God from the loving personhood that he is, instead of like fire and brimstone people are much more (laughs) likely to actually think about it you know what I mean so um yeah it's he's a loving person who actually cares 
and knows us by name, which is pretty crazy when you think about it, like how the God of the universe would know who you are. Um, I kind of get caught up with that and it's really incredible and captivating, but uh, we have seen so many different prayers answered um, right in front of us and it's been good for both of us. I know it's been really good for me. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. always really odd thinking. And I know that you've had this thought too, Liz, where you're mm-hmm. like, I'm a person. Like, yes. I'm in this body. <laughs> like, yeah. what? like <laughs> All the time. All the time. Like, I'm experiencing things that nobody else is experiencing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so weird. <laughs> I'm the only me ever. Sometimes life just hits you and you're like, oh my word, I'm alive. I'm in this suit. <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I also feel like because of this, though, and because of this trust, I think that we, even with our opposing beliefs, uh, this is something that also really helps uh, Liz and I with our anxiety. Mm. Yeah, which is <laughs> the main topic, what we were going to talk about uh, today. So, Liz, can you explain how you deal with anxiety? <laughs> yeah, so highly unfortunately, um, I did inherit um, some anxiety issues. And uh, when I was younger, I was like, well, how on earth can God help with this? And it wasn't until I got older that I really accepted that. And um, what really helps me is knowing that uh, the Bible talks about how Jesus isn't unfamiliar with the things we deal with. So he experienced the same things we did in his time on earth. And so, I mean, if anybody had reason to be anxious, it was him. uh, Because, you know, everybody hated him and he was going to be put to death. And he knew that, but nobody else really did. Um, so when I think about, um, the typical things that make me anxious, like the future or people hating me because of what I believe, I think about, um, what the Bible says about it and how Jesus understands anxiety and how he, um, spoke to his disciples and how he inspired people to write about it. Um, and it's always comforting. It might be a challenge, but it's always comforting and he knows he sees, So I've learned how to praise him in the midst of, you know, something like a panic attack or um, I'm still learning how to praise him during moments of anxiety where I'm overthinking. But when it comes to the future, uh, that's particularly hard. That's something that Ellie and I both think about. Mm -hmm. Um, The uncertainty is sometimes it feels like so unmanageable. You feel so restless um, and anxious. But I know that like I think about the Bible verses that say God has a great future plan for those who love him. It's not always what we think it should be or what we dreamed it to look like, but he always provides and everything he puts in our path is for our good and his glory. So that's how I deal with it. So you kind of believe that if something's happening, it's meant to happen? Usually, yeah. I mean, sometimes I know that I bring things upon myself that God would rather not happen, (laughs) but he knows they're going to. And there's always something to learn from it. Yeah, that part I do believe. Um, Mm -hmm. So like Liz, I, and probably over any kind of thing I would be anxious about, I am so anxious about the future mm. all the time. I'm very much a perfectionist when it comes to myself, so I'm very critical on myself, and if I don't do everything right, then I, I blame myself a lot, and I'm trying to kind of get out of that negative, um, uh, what would you call it, habit, negative habit, mm-hmm. and uh, so basically how I deal with anxiety is a little bit more, um, I wouldn't say as trusting as you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more like, but I want to be trusting. I kind of, I aspire, the end goal for me is when I get anxious about something or something is bringing me pain 
or like I, I feel like there's going to be a negative consequence in a certain way. I aspire to kind of trust that it'll work out and everything's meant to happen. And the process is just what you have to go through to get your, to your final result. Mm-hmm. Um, however, one thing that I feel like works for me is very much questioning what I am thinking like asking myself, is this true? Mm. And if this is true is, can I absolutely know that it's true? Mm. Like a good example is being like, Oh, like this person hates me. Uh, (laughs) Is that true? (laughs) Well, maybe it might seem true, but can you absolutely know that it's true? Um, I'll give you a little bit or making it okay. That's another thing that I do to kind of deal with anxiety is how can I make this thing that happened to me or that is happening to me? Okay. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of an example. Um, Towards the end of my semester at school this year, it was very kind of certain little traumatizing things would happen. And I would think about the people involved in those situations. And I would be like, oh, gosh, like, I tried my best to deal with it. But these people in this situation situation must hate me. And the only way that I kind of got over that hump of pain with that was well, they don't have to like me. Mm. And that actually, for some reason, brought me, like, peace with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try that, actually. I'm like, the, what's, what, what, what's the worst thing that will happen if they don't mm. like me? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that made me feel a lot better. Um, another thing that I do to try to cope with my anxiety is I definitely try to sit with my emotions mm. and try to feel them as much as I can because I don't think that you te- technically, like, completely rid of an emotion yeah unless you kind of feel it mm-hmm. like you have to feel it for it to go away or to change um and then lastly what I do is that I kind of as well as trusting the process I think about what can I do like okay this is happening and it seems very out of my hands but what can I do about this right now mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, let's just about the the school thing and money and paying for school. So, okay, I need this amount of money and it seems very out of hand, but what can I do? Okay, I can see what loans there are. I can keep going to work. I can, Mm -hmm. or even if no question about money, what can I do to make myself feel a little bit better right now? Well, if I clean my room, maybe (laughs) that'll give me more of a space to, Mm -hmm. you know, be comfortable in. It's just those, those little things, but I try to make it okay and accept it and see the positives in it as well, just like Mm. Liz does. Yeah, that's actually really healthy is to think about like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Like, say I get, this happens pretty often, I get in a debate with somebody about like, because I really understand the damage that organized religion has caused. It breaks my heart. I wish I could go back and rewrite history, but unfortunately, and fortunately at the same time, I cannot take responsibility for that. Um, So when I'm having a debate with somebody and they're getting heated, and I'm like, um or I'm getting heated, I have to stop and think about like, um, oh, what's the worst thing that can happen? They don't like me. They don't even know who I am. (laughs) Period. That's it. Like, you're not even going to remember my name when the time their head hits the pillow tonight. They're not going to think about it. So there's that. Um, And I think about like, well, is what I'm talking about pleasing God? Is God going to look at me and say, okay, you spoke the truth in love? Um is he going to be pleased? And you know, when I think about it, it's like, I would believe that the God of the universe is more worthy of my pleasing than people. 
So I think about that. Um, but I really like that because I'm also a feeler. So take time to feel everything. There's some quote. I know there is. But I can't remember exactly how it goes or who said it. You got to feel things and then let them go. Mm-hmm. So like you can't let something go if you haven't like identified it really. So I think that's really important. Sitting with it and like I, I tend to get irrational with some fears. I think that anxiety absolutely preys on that and does that. So I really want to try doing that. Like, okay, how true is this? Is it fully true? Basically what she said. And yeah, I think that's really going to make a difference. Oh, well, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to just tell you though, and you probably know this too, feeling your emotions, especially if they're negative is hard. It is. It's it's scary. It's kind of like, because I feel like your body is kind of wired to kind of run away from pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's kind of like a, like an instinct almost like to keep Mm -hmm. you safe. Like, oh, if you like back in... I don't know, prehistoric days, if you saw a wild animal coming after you, right. <laughs> you would yeah. run away from it. Pretty scared. You'd so, run away. Yeah, so it, it's hard. And mm-hmm. um, there's also, like, if you look up, like, psychological things, there's a lot of talk about how, like, there's different parts of you that are fragmented emotionally and kind mm-hmm. of sitting with that part and, like, kind of asking it questions and talking to it because uh, a lot of, uh, ex- especially what I believe, and I don't know if you believe this or anything, but they it's said that everything that's traumatic that happens to you and why it keeps like reoccurring in your life but in different ways mm-hmm. are things that you dealt with before the age of eight i had never heard that before never, no that's really cool yeah actually. it's uh has to do with your you wanting to approve of your parents like your parents wanting you wanting your parents to approve of you mm-hmm. and things along those lines so you kind of disowned some aspects of yourself that are desperately trying to be reowned again. (laughs) Um, Something close to that I saw recently was on TikTok and it was this um, like inner child comforting thing. Mm -hmm. I actually tried it. Usually I wouldn't do that kind of thing, but I was like, dang, okay, yeah. So I tried it and I was like, oh, but um, yeah, no, I think that's a very real thing is that when, if you don't deal with something and if you don't address something, it's going to, come back in different ways and it's going to bother you. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that a lot of the like things I'm insecure about and that I'm afraid about that happen in my life. If I don't really look at them for what they are and see the big picture of them and wonder what I did and what I should do differently, then I, I they definitely happen again. Like, but I, uh, I know that you've never had a boyfriend Liz, but like, if you look at like relationships wise mm-hmm. or not even just like boyfriend or girl, like wise, that it's like friendships. Like you're, you kind yeah. of are re- given the same issues in different friendships as Mm. well so (laughs) no I've seen that happen a lot actually I talk to a lot of friends who are in relationships and that makes a lot of sense and in in your point of view too it could be God wants you to know that lesson like God wants to teach you that lesson and make sure that you know it yeah eventually everything that we go through should the goal is to draw us closer to him and his heart and his character and yeah that makes sense um I know like a lot of Christians don't believe in a lot of psycholo- like psychology, but um, <laughs> I listen to doctors. So, <laughs> I mean, but I understand why they don't. It's this whole thing. But I do. That definitely makes sense to me. And it's really incredible how things we don't address and we don't talk to for a long time that we kind of skirt past are going to come back in different ways because, you know, they're kind of just regular happenings of life. They, so they're going to keep happening in different aspects of our life, but we still don't know how to manage them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that that makes pretty good sense to me. <laughs> and if, if you want to kind of deepen that, it could be 
the problems that we had with our parents, mm-hmm. how little or small or like magnified they may be. Or yeah. Like, you know, um, but no, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because our parents helped shape our lives and yeah. our identities from the very beginning. They say too that when you're trying to find a like a partner, mm-hmm. uh, you don't necessarily find the partner that's like good for you. You find one that's comfortable. Yes. <laughs> you find one whose personality traits are like you're used to. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of why where like the Oedipus complex comes in, but uh, oh, but yeah. a little bit more like simplified because mm. it is kind of true where we we want to be around people that remind us of our family yeah it's like i've heard a lot of people say that a lot of girls want their first boyfriend to be like their dad mm-hmm. um i understand that but i don't <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we technically choose somebody that we're comfortable with because of anxiety we don't want anything to be uncertain yeah yeah oh yeah it's a uh, where you try to consciously break that pattern is where you actually be like wait a minute like mm-hmm. this is not right for me right yeah <laughs> i should go for something that I mm-hmm. want and not something that's like comfortable and that's easy and yeah you know. and I know that like God is sometimes like he knows that we don't know what's good for us sometimes so <laughs> like for me I, I'll chase something that is gonna hurt me really bad I'm like but it's me nice but it feels good and he's like <laughs> child no it's not <laughs> and I'm like so it really is kind of like a parent where he's like you shouldn't do that and I was like well I want to I was talking to a friend of mine, and this is kind of sad, and she was saying that all her exes are, like, happily married now. Oh. So she's like, oh, I just realized that I'm the problem in that. Like, oh, no. <laughs> she's, she's like, I'm the, I'm, I'm the issue. Like, because if, if all my exes are happily married, it means there's nothing wrong with them, and there's something oh. wrong with me. And I'm like, no, that's not necessarily what it means. No, not necessarily, <laughs> but I get that. That sounds like something I'd think of. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. It also just shows, like, how everyone can be their worst enemy. Yeah, self-sabotaging <laughs> is very real. It That's is. what I was thinking. Yeah. It's very true. So, um, the question I have for you, Liz, and this mm. is kind of off topic, is because I, I wanted you to talk about this a little bit. I kind of remember, but I kind of don't. Um, do you believe that Adam and Eve is the Oh, yeah. The- okay. So, um, that's a really good question. I went to Bible college, so we would talk about um, origins and stuff. It's really hard for me to believe that. Um, cause the teacher that we had, no disrespect to him, he taught creationism and it was kind of just like a back and forth of like what evolutionists say versus what creationists say. And it's kind of like a no you thing. And I was like, okay, enough with the personal bias. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to explain, but I was like, I usually don't find rest until I have a solid answer for my question. Um, so I do believe that there was Adam and Eve because... Um, looking at like Hebrew storytelling and um, early Judaism, um, they're very they were very strict about like having everything true to the story and like when it was oral history for a long time. So there is the question of like, well, as it was passed along, were some things like left out or were some things made up? Um, I do know that the Hebrew word for Adam just means man. I can't remember what <laughs> Eve means, but kind of irrelevant. Um, it's, it's still hard for me to believe in a younger Earth that's only, like, 10,000-something years old. Um, of course, a lot of Christians make arguments about, like, um, some geology and, like, rock formations, things like the Grand Canyon that a lot of people will say is, like, a million years old, but how we can actually, like, correspond it with the flood and stuff um, in the Bible. It's, it's difficult, but I do believe it. Um, the last year of high school when I was going through, like, 
the real crisis of my faith and I was like in a science class that talked about evolution and stuff, it still makes a lot of sense to me. And it's something I'm still not resting with, but something that, um, that really stands out from the Bible is that Jesus is considered the second Adam and Adam of course is the first Adam. So the way that the, it's a whole long story, but the way that Hebrew tradition explains it really makes a lot of sense and things add up in incredible ways. So, um, really I, as a Christian, I have to believe in that origin, that beginning of how God breathed life into man and, uh, set things in motion in order for me to understand and grasp the reason for Jesus coming and for, um, you know, basically the rest of human history, but it is something I still here and there will question and think about, but yeah, it's pretty important for Christians to believe that looking at the whole biblical narrative. That's really interesting, Liz. So do you believe that, like, this concept of Adam and Eve happened on, like, Earth as, like, a paradise? Or do you believe that it happened in, like, heaven? <laughs> ah, good question. So the Bible talks about how the angels um, were created and then the angels watched this happen. So they watched God shape the Earth or, um, like, you know, set the stars in the sky and the sun and everything. Um, and so... It would have been something separate from heaven if the angels were looking at it kind of like kind of like this so um and yeah it earth was in its unbroken form there was no sickness there was no it was perfect it was paradise and um god uh, this is where a big question comes from is like if god knew what was going to happen with adam and eve that they were going to eat the fruit then why did he set it up like this? Because if he, like, if he knew it was going to happen. So I was kind of talking with somebody about this earlier is God gave us free will. So we were in paradise, but he gave us the choice to listen to him or not. And to obey what he said, it was a very simple command, um, which they tend to be. Um, and we chose not to obey it. So, um, earth like kind of broke basically because of sin. So, um, we see things like natural disasters and we see, and I know that sounds super far-fetched and mythical and I totally get that. Um, the Bible says creation groans, uh, so it's broken because of sin. It's not in its best state. So we see death and we see, um, sickness and everything horrible you can imagine is not how it was supposed to be. So it would have been, um, like the Bible even says where it was on earth but now it's totally like wiped away from like history and it's just, you know, there was the flood and everything. It sounds really crazy and really far-fetched, but oh, that, that's really yeah. interesting. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very simply put. <laughs> no. And you have a lot of like your own logic behind it too. So I could see like from your, your beliefs and as like a Christian and like in what you believe so passionately, I believe that that's <laughs> like, I, I get it, you know? Hmm. See, this is a conversation more people need to be having is something so civil and so understanding and just filled with like compassion and listening and nothing, you know, hard headed. It's really amazing when you bring two people together who can talk like that. <laughs> so we encourage conversations. Uh, and uh, I don't think that you're completely wrong either. It, I, again, it's really hard for me to wrap my head mm -hmm. around because I do believe in evolution. Mm -hmm. I do believe that that makes sense. Um, but I also believe that that story is here for a reason as well. Yeah. So there, there are details like that's just very simply <laughs> put. There are details in the Bible and the narrative um, from Judaistic history that are so mind blowing 
that made me be like, well, I can't not believe in God after <laughs> reading that. But um, that did take a year of Bible college, so we can't expect, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can kind of talk a little bit uh, about my perspective on God. Well, uh, it's a good segue because um, talking about Adam and Eve and how like kind of you thought that this started. Um, so, okay, my, my theory actually is going to seem a little far-fetched as well. So I'm just going to put that out there. So I'm like, in good company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Liz might think that she sounds crazy, but, um, you know, everyone probably has a lot of crazy thoughts. Hmm. So I believe that whatever you call God or source or the universe, um, whatever you believe that is, um, if you were to metaphorically say that it was a body of water, like the ocean or any body of water, name, pick one, um, that every drop of water within that body of water would be everything in existence. So like I would be a drop of that water. Liz would be this microphone, this house, like everything you could think of. So that kind of goes from the perspective of all is one, which actually um, is very like harmonious. So um, the reason that I believe we actually come down to earth and that we live and have these lives and why I say lives, because I do believe in reincarnation, if you do, um, but we basically, God is learning itself through us. So us as extensions of God or source is learning who we are Okay. by living. So uh, there's this big talk of you want to learn this certain thing. Like, let's say someone comes down to earth and they're like, my mission for this 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 life is to learn what um how, like learn what true love is let's just say that let's just say true love is in like not even relationship let's just like learn what someone who actually loves me is um you could come down to a family that is didn't want you but let's just say that like you have to learn what you don't want to to learn what you want mm-hmm. so that kind of person would come down uh in let's just say to a teenage mom who was forced to have them, who didn't want them in the first place and doesn't really truly love them and take them as a part of themselves when they're raising them. So they kind of are grown up to feel worthless. So their kind of mission throughout their life as this aspect, the source of God, trying to learn who they are is to figure out what that true love is, what love feels like. So, they would kind of, through their childhood, try to become what their parent wanted them to be, to be accepted, and then have all these kind of emotional problems as an adult, all these kind of mental problems, and feel worthless in themselves. And their mission would be to re-own themselves and accept themselves for who they are and learn Mm -hmm. exactly what they want to need. Kind of like what we were talking about with relationships, how Mm -hmm. find someone who actually is good for you, not someone who is comfortable. Mm. Interesting. I feel like I've heard something kind of similar to that, but it's very unique and it, yeah, it's something really interesting to think about. I do have a question for you. Yeah. Do you believe in like, um, how, like what everybody believes ultimately leads to the same thing or do you know what I mean? Um, everybody believes ultimately like leads to the same, like all like religions. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do. Because if you kind of look at all these spiritual teachers that come down here and whatever they're teaching, like Jesus, the Buddha, um, name any other, like insert spiritual teacher here. I think that they're the ultimate, like teaching that they're trying to teach everybody is love, right? Because if you look onto the other side, um, whether you want to call it heaven or wherever, I do think that that's predominantly love. Um, and I do think that every religion kind of leads to oneness and it might be a little odd for someone who's like, comes from Christianity or they're Mormon or something that mm. sees themselves as this individual person to concept this, this idea of oneness. But if they really thought about it, they would, you believe that you're one with God, right? Um, I believe after like... Um, Christians believe that our, when we're born into the world, we do have a sin nature and that's what separates us from God. So like, if you're looking at the garden of Eden and how Adam and Eve sinned, and so they were shut out from the garden, which was where God's presence kind of was. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of the same thing. Like I'm born in sin and I have a sin nature. So that separates me from God. So Jesus was the answer to that by coming and dying for us. And instead of like having to be completely purified before going to God, he kind of just took it upon himself and became the answer so that I'm no longer separated from God. So I believe that like Jesus and the father and the Holy spirit are one. I wouldn't say I'm one with God, but that um, I'm at peace with God and that God knows me and that we know each other and I'm redeemed kind of. So it's a little, it's almost like you're one with God, but from like, I don't know, this sounds a little weird, but, like, from, like, kind of a cousin level of, like, you're, you're, like, a part of God, but you're not, like. <laughs> yeah, basically, the essence of God dwells in me through the Holy Spirit now that I've experienced salvation, but um, by myself, um, I don't have a relation to him, even mm -hmm. though I'm his creation. So, it's kind of, like, an adoption thing. Um, the Bible kind of okay, uses. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, the yeah. adoption thing. So, like, I had no relation to him, didn't know his person. And then um, through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and my acceptance of that sacrifice, kind of applying it to my account, um, I was adopted into the family of Christ, into the family of God. So there's a Bible verse in the book of Matthew, I think, that says to those who believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God. So it's kind of that adoption. Um, a lot of people will say we're all God's children, but I didn't know That's this. That's where the oneness factor comes in yeah. Christianity. Yeah, I didn't mm -hmm. um, really think about it this way until my pastor showed me this verse or showed all of us this verse. And he was like, in order to be adopted and to become family with God, um, we do have to accept Jesus' gift of salvation. Um, so one kind of question slash thought that I have um, is the aspect of sin because that's one thing that I really kind of tried to get away from is that we might do things that we regret and things that might not seem like good in mm -hmm. like the society standards. But it's really hard for me to think of the aspect of like, you did something wrong, so you must be punished, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, because I, I think that that kind of, creates more anxiety and more mm -hmm. like self-hate. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what are your thoughts on sin? 
yeah, so that was, that's something that totally blew my mind this past year at Bible college. Um, I have a hard time believing that we're inherently bad so that we're mm -hmm. like, we're born into a sin nature, but like looking at, you know, from Adam down, um, how kind of like a gene sin is passed down, not necessarily I inherit his sin, but that I I'll, like, I have the nature. So um, in biblical, like Hebrew and way back in the old Testament. So if you're looking at like the Torah um, with the law and everything, um, there were so many laws that God put before them. And naturally that would look like super unattainable. So I would like live in constant pressure of like, did I misstep? Am I like enemies with God? Is are we in a bad place together? Um, so all these laws were laid out before them. Um, very religious, very um, demanding of a sacrifice to kind of atone for that. So they set up like post um, Ten Commandments. They were the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, and they set up as God set up a sacrificial system for them through Moses. So Moses was their spiritual leader at the time. And he, um, he showed he was a Hebrew himself, but he was living in Egypt for the longest time. So he had a bunch of different spiritual influence on him. And so he kind of a side note, um, <clears throat> he helped set up, like, tell the people what God was telling him to tell them. So he was kind of the, the middleman kind of, um, so when you look at those laws, um, even, the worst thing you could do, the only thing that could satisfy God's kind of wrath against that was a sacrifice of like a, a clean animal. Um, so they would like, if you sinned unknowingly and somebody told you about it, you had to make a sacrifice. If you, um, if you sinned and it was possible like not to be put to death for it, you made a sacrifice. And so it's very anxiety producing because I find myself constantly looking at you know, every step I take and I'm like, am I, have I sinned? Have I sinned? But the thing is, is, um, Jesus, he fulfilled the law for us. So that law that looks so unattainable that we can't possibly do, Jesus became that sacrifice so that we don't have to live under the pressure of fulfilling the law. Because when you look at the law, that's what brings the fear. And that's, what's going to bring the condemnation. Like you sinned, you sinned, you sinned. And it's this constant, like, It'll bring that self-hatred and anxiety. So Jesus came and fulfilled that for us so that we wouldn't have to live with the constant fear of, did I misstep? Have I done something wrong? So um, when we look at sin, it's basically anything that goes against God's desire for us. So if I lie, obviously God wants me to be honest. Um, so it's, what the heck is that? Anyway, um, it's anything contrary to his will or his character. So I'm going to still sin as a Christian. I can sin in anger and I can like anger itself isn't a sin, but it's what you do with it. Like if I curse somebody out, if I have like a meaningless argument with them that doesn't point back to God, um, I've sinned or if I've lied or stolen. Um, and I even sin without knowing it. But the thing is now that Jesus blood has been paid to my account and I've been cleaned and set free from the law, um, which I wouldn't even have to follow anyway, cause I'm not a Jew, but anyways, um, he set me free from that. So even though I know I'm still going to sin, I'm still adopted into his family and he's not going to shut me out. Okay. That's thank, a lot. Thank you. Yeah. That's thank a you lot. for that. That's a lot <laughs> yeah. to wrap my head around, but okay. Mm -hmm. I get it. Um, so the first thing I'm going to say in response to that mm -hmm. is 
I absolutely agree with you that I think that free will is an mm. absolute. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we could get rid of our free will if we tried. Like, even if you're being, like, tortured, I think mm-hmm. that you still have free will in that because someone's just putting you, putting more pressure on you to do something with your free will. Mm-hmm. And even if you're being held captive or whatever, you can still think what you want. Like, no mm-hmm. one's controlling how you think. Um so yeah, I 100% uh, agree with that. Um, as of for your son, what do I respond to first? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. It is. Yeah. So, do you believe that if someone sins, then they go to hell? I know I would be because basically any um, any misstep against an almighty God. Um, Somebody who doesn't know about God is obviously going to have mercy on them. Like, say you're some tribe very far away, which I want to be careful with anyway, There's, <laughs> that has never heard the word of God, um, has never heard about Jesus. Obviously, when their life comes to an end, Jesus is going to have mercy on them. And he's I don't know how he's going to deal with it, but um, basically they can't really be blamed for something they didn't know about. And so um, I think any we do believe in moral absolutes, which I forgot to leave out. So um we do believe that like, like lying is bad or stealing is bad. Um, and that can't really be compromised basically. So um, I, I know for sure. And like looking at the Bible is that if I did sin against the almighty God, then I would be separated from him in my sin. So I wouldn't be in his presence. I wouldn't be um, heaven bound basically. Okay, um, so m- kind of playing devil's advocate with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look back at the oneness aspect of my belief, mm-hmm. I feel as though somebody who sins, mm-hmm. or let's just say they do something really bad, it's their fault. However, there's a lot of people who believe what they're doing is like positive. Mm. Like if you look at someone like this is a really extreme example, but like Hitler, mm. Hitler absolutely believed he was yeah. doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like he absolutely believed that like he was helping humanity mm-hmm. and uh evil. Yeah, I know. But he didn't know he was evil. He thought he was good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everybody tries as hard as they can to make what they're doing and who they are good. And they don't see their fault in certain things. Mm-hmm. Um which I think like should, should change, yeah. And I think that kind of in your argument, that's why God kind of has these rules mm-hmm. and has these like, um, but I feel like a lot of the times though, if someone were to lie or do one of these like smaller sins, I feel like it's kind of, uh, you can kind of argue with that and say that it doesn't make them a bad person. It just kind mm-hmm. of makes what they did mm-hmm. kind of at fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That kind of reminded me of the quote, like somebody like Hitler is kind of like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That quote. Yeah. So like you can have all the good intentions in the world, but I think God is still like merciful to show us like, this is, (laughs) this is what's wrong. Don't do this. I was like, wow, there's so many things I have to follow. I can never like do this. And he's like, Liz, it's, it's for your own good. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And knowing me that when I lie or say I freaking killed somebody, I would never sleep again. I would be so, like, the guilt would be so heavy upon me. Um, I was going to say. 
Yeah. Uh, well, while you're thinking, though, yeah. I will just say that uh, there is the idea that you said about people who are born into other religions or, mm -hmm. like, choose to follow a different, like, religious path. Um, obviously, we have no idea whose beliefs are actually, like, true. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like everybody believes that their beliefs are true. Um, but it's kind of... And that's where it's kind of scary, you know? Yeah, but, totally but agree. if you take someone who's, like, if you take like, God, and uh, God is looking at somebody who was, like, an atheist, right? And this person truly believed in their atheism. Like, and they were, let's say, born into atheists, and they have every reason to believe it. And they weren't necessarily a bad person. They sinned a, a bit. Um, not, they obviously never killed anybody or did anything like that extreme. Um, and it was, it's almost inevitable. Like if you were that person, you would believe and do exactly the same things that they would have done. What do you think of that? Um, so I, one thing I know for certain is that pretty much, I think all sin is pretty equal in the eyes of God. Like obviously there, we do believe in like different levels of punishment in hell. But, um, and different levels of reward in heaven. Um, and that we do believe in the inherently bad nature of people, but like, which is sometimes difficult for me because that's kind of hard to wrap my head around. And I want to believe we're all inherently good. Um, looking at myself, I know that as a human being, I do have a tendency to do the wrong thing. Um, and like based on what I want to do. Or, like, if I'm angry, as much as I want to show a person revenge, I might do that, even though it's what God says isn't. So he, I think in his mercy, he gives us the, like, writings that are really <laughs> ancient and incredibly preserved in miraculous ways um, to show us truth and how we can follow it. Um, and God's love for, say, that atheist is always present. He's always going to love that person. And the thing about hell is that, I think that's it's really sweet. Yeah. Know, like, that, like, yeah. That's, that's the part of Christianity that I really, really mm -hmm. like though. That Sorry to interrupt. No, I that's okay. That. Well, <laughs> God is love. God himself is the embodiment of love. And when you think about it, like sending your only child to die for all of humanity is incredible love. And crucifixion was the most painful death possible, might I add. Um, anyways, that's a side note about his love. But um, I know that um, it's not God's desire for anybody to go to hell. His desire is for people to be with him and to not be caught up in their sin. I know that like sometimes when I start sinning, I can't stop. Um, <laughs> so I know that I have that nature to sin and to do the wrong thing. I might seem like a really good person, but like there's kind of this illustration that we used. Um, there are like three ropes and they all look like they're the same length. Or no, they all look different. This one's really short. This is a pretty good person. They haven't done a lot of bad things. Usually they'll help an old lady across the street. And this is another person. It's a longer string. And it's um, this person kind of sins on the regular, but wouldn't be considered a bad person. And the third is the longest. And that's like the worst you can imagine. And the trick is that they're all tied here. So in the end, they're all the same length. And yeah. So when you pull that across, it's in the shape of a cross. And so it's like, well, God kind of sees us all the same. I haven't done anything as bad as, say, Hitler, but we have the same nature to sin, basically. I it's, do I yeah. do think, I do believe, and this is, this is probably good news for you, Liz. I <laughs> do believe that everybody is born good. <laughs> and I think that everybody is born good because um, from... 
like my beliefs. I think that if you are born this like innocent baby, um, it's society that kind of warps you and abuse or neglect or not being accepted or whatnot that kind of makes you you know, not your true authentic self. And I do believe believe you when mm-hmm. uh, you say that God kind of wants you to be like authentic, mm-hmm. like authentically you, because like you're the only you. Like, right. You should be. You have a very specific like, purpose. Um, but uh, I do, I do think that we're all innately good, and I do mm-hmm. think that it's more nurture rather than nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that actually really comes. And being authentic comes from, like, accepting ourselves, mm-hmm. the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know that is, like, sloth is the lazy one, right? Sloth. Is I think like, so. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you're, you sin because you're a sloth. Like, um, which, like, if you look at, like, this, like, typical, like, teenager, they're all kind of lazy. Yep. Or, and it kind of, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of aspect of you. You need to accept that about yourself and, like, see that it's there and see why it's there to kind of rid of it and like grow from it yeah actually that makes a lot of sense because when you think about how like jesus looks at us he sees the good bad and the ugly yeah so he gives us a solution really Mm -hmm. so we can't like i couldn't figure out how to not be lazy deep down (laughs) in my soul i couldn't like ultimately figure out how to not be lazy so we think it's more like his work through us to make us not be lazy and we just have to be receptive but um he sees everything about us and he wants to see us at our best, which is yeah. what we believe is by putting our faith in him and following um, his example and what he said and trusting him for our eternity. Also, uh, I, along with that, your self-worth is not determined by how good or bad you are. <laughs> it is not. Like, if you're, uh, I think that you were the one saying, Liz, that like, oh gosh, what was it? Like, uh, I think that you were the one that was saying that like, a lot of people feel really like down on themselves when they can't get this idea, like, perfect of like Mm. you know I can't be a good Christian or I can't Mm. be the perfect person or I can't be like this nice all the time it's like the idea that like you're your own individual person Mm. and uh you can't be down on yourself for being good or too like really good or really bad or something or comparing yourself to people I think that that's where a lot of anxiety yeah strains is comparing yourself to people it's our own expectation of us like yeah. while god has a standard he knows we're gonna mess up oh yeah and his that's where grace comes in because you know grace is kind of undeserved kindness forgiveness mm-hmm. um he shows us so much grace um somebody told me the other day they're like i hope i can be as good a christian as you and i was like don't say that <laughs> i was like because for one thing it's not really my work in me. My like my desire is to like rebel against God all the time. I can't even tell you all the little ways that I want to. Or when I look at like how Christianity and the world as we see it right now tend to butt heads a lot, it would be so much easier for me not to be a Christian. And I think about that a lot. And um, I know that God sees that. I know God sees every aspect of me. And I know that there is somebody just like me in the Bible. His name is <laughs> Peter and he denied Jesus three times. And that... At, by the end of Peter's story, God had forgiven him. And he was like, do you love me? Okay, follow what I say. And I was like, okay, well, we talk a lot about perseverance in the Bible. Another thing is that my inclination is to be angry or mm-hmm. to blow up on somebody. I'm like, you don't get it. It's just so annoying or something like that. Um, and you've got to make that okay to move past it. Right. You've got to 
kind of be like, okay, well, that's my inclination. That's kind of a part of my nature. Um, I can be super, I'm super strong-willed and stubborn. So everybody has this melting pot of things that they struggle with. And ultimately I could not figure out how to overcome that myself. (laughs) So it's God's work in me to make me that good Christian that people see. But every good Christian you see is somebody who's struggling with something that God has brought them through or is bringing them through or will bring them through. Like nobody's perfect. I struggle all the time. I falter in my faith. I'm double-minded a lot. Um, Yeah. By chance, was it, was there any time this year you kind of doubted your faith? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, like I have OCD, so I think about everything too much. So including my faith (laughs) this, this year. um, So COVID happened and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. And I was, Basically, uh, the summer, I wasn't actually supposed to be home for the summer. I was supposed to be out tree planting in BC, which was something I was really, really looking forward to. And uh, the school year for me didn't end quite like I wanted it to. And as I said, it ended very traumatizing, actually, Mm -hmm. which is I didn't even realize it was so traumatizing until I was away from it. So um, at the beginning of the summer, I was really even questioning my own faith, like my own like beliefs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have this kind of innate belief, like that got like twisted. I I always believe that everything works out for me, like Mm. not selfishly really, but I do believe that like everything is meant to go the way it goes. And so far things have been working out the way that I wanted them to. Like, as I said, I've, I've been able to go to school, back to school every year with like, and it was deemed kind of impossible, but it happened. And, uh, and I w- I'm very grateful for it. And I kind of saw myself as like a good believer, as you said, a good Christian. But mm. for me, it's more like I'm a good believer. I'm doing all this right. And uh, then after like they like around, I want to say April, I'm like, you know, this is just not working out for me. Like, I don't know what to believe anymore. Mm. Like, what do I do? I'm like depressed all the time. I don't have anyone to go to and talk to. Like, I can't even find a job right now. This is really hard. And uh, it wasn't until I kind of saw that and looked at it and kind of, one, got my mental health and self-worth back up Mm -hmm. that I started really, like, delving into it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I kind of had a similar situation. It was a little different, a little less, like, my future didn't depend on it. But I was supposed to go to Israel in March. And I've been wanting to go there for ages and ages. And then COVID-19 happened, and of course that got ruined. But the thing is, is God had like miraculously kind of provided for the funds for me to be able to go. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so God, what's the point of this? Like you provided for me to go. And it felt like a really mean joke because then it was like, (laughs) no, you're not going. I was like, are you kidding me? I was so frustrated. I was so upset. Um, And I I was pretty frustrated with God about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also knew that like, if we went, we would not be able to enjoy it because we'd constantly be worried about, um, could anybody get infected? Is the country gonna close before we can get back into the States? All that kind of stuff. We were gonna miss out on a lot of different attractions. And so I was like, um, I had faith. <laughs> where, to <go? laughs> where to go? What happened? <laughs> like, And so, but I really think um, in your situation and in mine, um, and my summer situation was a whole different topic. I'm supposed to be in New York right now, but mm-hmm. COVID-19 shut down summer camps. So I think truly like from my perspective that God allowed both of us to be home right now for mm-hmm. something like this podcast or something like, Oh yeah. yeah I believe that too. Yeah. And 
I'll just say too, my mental health was so bad mm. and it was just so wrecked and ruined. Like that sounds like I'm over exaggerating a bit. For no, no. <laughs> but like, I mean, it was like, I had no self-worth at all after the school year ended. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I would have put myself on the line like that, I think that I would have attracted something not very good happening to me mm-hmm. if I went tree planting. And I don't think I would have had as good of a time if I was in better mental health and with all of what I was thinking about, kind of like PTSD, like in a way, yeah. even through the summer, uh, I, me dealing with it this summer and thinking about it would have been worse mm-hmm. alone without my family. Yep, totally. I think God and his sovereignty, like personally believing that he sees into the future, um, knew exactly where we would be, how we would be feeling. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and people don't realize that Christians also deal with mental health issues. Um, that's the thing is they're like, well, you have faith, so you shouldn't be dealing with this. I will uh, even no. say, yeah, I will even say that that's kind of a, a stereotype I even kind of believed yeah. before. Because yeah. I, I looked at someone like Liz or like Allison, which is her mm-hmm. mom. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are perfect. Like, I wish I thought like you guys. Like- um, yeah, no. So I still deal with like, I, I believe in generational curses. So like, mm-hmm. I think something might have happened. Um like somewhere back in my ancestry someone was doing something bad or who knows but um anxiety and mental health issues have absolutely passed down the line from both sides of my family Mm -hmm. through like addictions um or you know I'm sure there's a lot I don't even know about but um yeah I do believe in generational curses and so Christians are not exempt from that illness like at all we since we believe that creation god's creation is broken because of sin um obviously my brain's not going to work the way it's meant to uh in perfect peace um i'm never i'm i'm still gonna have panic attacks i'm still gonna you know like medicine's still gonna help me um i know some christians don't believe that i had a class that kind of really damaged (laughs) that um and so i mean god never promised we still wouldn't struggle as christians he never promised we wouldn't get sick um, and you see Christians in the Bible still having mental health issues. So, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a bright future, but we're still struggling with that. Yeah. And uh, before we, like, wrap this up and all, um, I just want to kind of point out that a lot of people who see Christianity as, like, wrong or negative, um, actually, this is probably kind of more of a question for you, Liz. Sure. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but I no, no. Yeah. Um, a lot of people uh especially let's just i'm gonna say like native american people for example yeah uh they were Mm. kind of corrupted their land was corrupted by Mm. these people who claimed to be good at Mm -hmm. least like good who were who were sinning Mm -hmm. and uh this whole manifest destiny thing with taking their land and not giving them their rights and then making them change their names so that they were more understandable Mm. so that they had like a christian name and i know it's like that with everybody who kind of came either like came here or was here mm-hmm. um do you believe that like happened for a reason Aaron? and is there a way that you feel like this stigma should be changed I it's so crazy that we're talking about this because I was just thinking about that earlier I was thinking about things like the crusades I was thinking about um you know basically every horrible thing that people have done in the name of God um I wish I could go back and rewrite history but I can't do that um I'm very I'm 
okay so i was thinking about this a lot on tiktok i found myself on native american tiktok for some reason i've always <laughs> i've always loved native american culture since i was really little um and so i think that things happen outside of the will of god um he still has a purpose for them of course like if i do i still have free will so if i do something if i decide to go away in my life that wasn't in god's will for me what he wanted for me he would still use what i'd done to bring him to his ultimate goal and purpose for me so um i don't think that i mean there is something called the great commission that's like go and tell people about jesus go into the whole world and tell them what he did for them um but i also respect people's boundaries <laughs> Um, and it was never, they did evil, evil, evil things like, you know, sexual assault, they sexually assaulted and it still happens today. Like tons of native American women go missing. They end up murdered and it's just evil. It's so horrible. Um, and, uh, a lot of the living conditions in the tribes that have remained and have like, um, like little, like territories and Mm -hmm. in the States and in Canada, like their conditions are awful like they're Mm -hmm. basically just slums like they're they can't drink the water they don't get funds for like Mm -hmm. better living conditions and a lot of the times um the government will kind of even if they do help they will give them these separate houses Mm -hmm. when they just don't understand the culture like native american culture they they live like together right Mm -hmm. they're not used to living in these like single family households when they're so basically they like you'll have these situations where the government will give them all these houses and then they'll try to like cram everybody in one house and be like what are you doing you're like misusing like you don't appreciate what we're giving you but Mm. it's really like kind of like how me what me and Liz are doing right now is kind of understanding the Mm. other person and their beliefs and kind of trying to work around that to their best to, to live their best life yeah it's that's something that's like very I also believe in generational trauma so if you yeah, so if you look at people who are ancestors of slaves, which that don't even get me started yeah, on that. Yeah, I know that's a whole other can of words. That's yeah. So it kind of has the same sentiment, but um, if you look at people who are ancestors of slaves, you can still see um, the generational trauma that they experience, and it's it's heartbreaking. And so mm-hmm. if you're you can still be following God's will by talking to say somebody like a Native American about Christianity. Personally, um, yeah, I want to, my goal is to tell everybody I know about Christ and to like show them his love for them and everything, but it's so touchy and it's so sensitive, completely understandably so. I'd be kind of concerned if it wasn't um, because those people have seen the side of Christianity that was harmful. Um, and Native Americans yeah. and I know not just them, but a lot of other cultures that are very tribal or even like you know when slaves were brought here they had their own beliefs too mm-hmm. like everybody every tribe everybody who gathers has their own beliefs on where we came from so mm-hmm. it's kind of as you said the boundaries and not like stepping over those mm-hmm. i think a good way of introducing it actually um as someone like you introduced it to me mm-hmm. and you did a really great job oh i'm you, glad you kind <laughs> of kind of came at it as like this whole god is love and god wants to help you and god mm-hmm. like like that's just that like love aspect, you know, like it's very comfort- comforting because as I said last year, when I was talking to you about it, like there, there's a lot of things that I don't believe, but they, I do believe in the faith aspect, which is really comforting. And I think that it would comfort anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there are definitely uncomfortable aspects of Christianity that I have a hard time with, like turning from the bad things I habitually do. And there's something called repentance, and I'm sure we can talk about that um, in another episode. But um, it's respecting people's boundaries is really important. Mm -hmm. I know somebody who will keep keep pressing and just spewing and just even if it seems loving, <laughs> it gets off topic and it like it isn't addressing the issue very much. And it's just like it if you want to if you if you think that Christians sound brainwashed or they're just regurgitating rather um what they've heard all their lives that's the kind of thing i would say um this is what it looks like to me and so and the people who he was talking to were like nothing you say is gonna make me believe in god like stop just my word leave us alone so there's also there also comes a point where you have to realize like okay i've at least done what god asked of me and told them about it the rest isn't up to me Mm -hmm. um you still have to respect their boundaries And some people, like, especially with people who've experienced awful things in the name of Christianity, in the name of God, um, like genocide, that cannot be defended. (laughs) I don't think God ever intended for that to happen. Um, You have to be extremely careful and you have to recognize the sensitivity. Um, Yeah. 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 That's, That's really well said. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it's almost seeing even where the other side comes from. Like, if you're on this opposing side that, let's say, if you're an atheist and mm-hmm. you're listening to, like, some Jehovah's Witness or something, <laughs> like, Ooh. you kind of have to to see, like, as someone, that atheist has to see that in this Jehovah's Witness's eyes, they are literally doing God's work. Like, they mm-hmm. believe full-heartedly that if they believe they're saving you pretty much and saving themselves for talking to you about it. Right. So it's kind of, everyone has their own beliefs. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of understanding it and coming at it from this humane aspect Mm -hmm. rather than just like kind of being, you know, like damn Jehovah's witnesses yells at them, like get off my property, screaming at them. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a Mm. seeing people as people. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you can't make anybody believe anything. As much as a Christian might have incredible intentions, it's not up to them if somebody believes something or not. We believe that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's not up to me if somebody aligns with what I believe in or not. Um, that's that's what free will is. <laughs> God presents the opportunity, yeah. and it's his work in us or and or what we choose to believe that or not. Yeah, it's nothing – it's never supposed to be like – Okay, forced submission or forced belief is oppression, and we're never supposed to be oppressing people, because mm-hmm. where the spirit there's a Bible verse that says where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. So I mean, obviously, as much as we want people to know the love of Christ and to believe in His sacrifice for us, um, that's where free will comes in, and somebody always has the choice. And I think that's a good thing that God gives us is the choice of whether or not we want to obey or believe or step into His love, that kind of thing. I think the power of the mind is crazy too because you could take a belief that's very like harmless and turn it into something like totally totally different like if you go to the negative aspect you could see like this 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 Christian belief or whatever and it it turns into some cult (laughs) or you take this (laughs) or sometimes it it turns into like a Mother Teresa thing you know Mm, so it's very like the power of like how extreme Mm -hmm. you take it is like how much you believe and think about it and right it, it, it's 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 really it's 
crazy. I even, as a pretty devout believer, still come to the Bible with my own biases. So, and I think that says something. If somebody like me can approach something that I supposedly is the kind of the authority of my life and still bring my own biases to it and see it more through the world's lens. Um, it's possible for anybody basically. Yeah. One thing we were talking about when we were working together one night was that I actually kind of brought up to Liz that people with her beliefs, they used to be the majority, but now they're the minority. And uh, she's like, wow, thanks for realizing that. <laughs> like, remember? You're like, mm, you, cause you, you, you kind of felt like it too. You're like, I'm mm. glad that someone kind of sees that in me, that my, my feelings toward that. Yeah. I mean, while I don't believe in this country that we're oppressed, and I think sometimes people get there, like, we are not at all systematically oppressed. Um, we might get our feelings hurt, but we're not oppressed. Yeah. Um, in other countries, certainly, we see there was like, I think, 19 Coptic Christians that were just slain on video. That was horrible. But um, in this country, we're not oppressed. Um, and Christianity is still the world's largest religion. Um, but it's, it's how yeah, extreme you take it. It's There are people who call themselves Christians and would identify as one, but don't really walk the walk. Yeah. Um, so that there's also taking that into account or they've kind of just adopted their parents' faith without, um, really making it their own. There's a bunch of different factors, but yeah, I mean, the whole world does see life. Oh, there's a worldview thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, Ellie has a different worldview than I do. I have a biblical worldview and she has a different worldview. And sometimes I get kind of a secular worldview mixed in, mm -hmm. but I want to keep a biblical worldview. So that's kind of where the Bible talks about double-mindedness. But yeah, we, the world really doesn't um, accept or think about um, what we believe in, understandably, because unfortunately, religion has caused a lot of damage. Yeah, I, yeah. I, adding to that, uh, a good example is, so my grandparents on my father's side, mm -hmm. they don't go to church. They like, they, they probably went a few times when they were younger, but that was it. Like maybe on Easter, like once in a while. Um, but they, they didn't, don't practice it. They maybe own a Bible, but that's, you know, it, um, I was talking to my grandfather, um, on my, on my dad's side. And I was talking about religion a little bit, maybe a little bit more like philosophy. And I said something about how I'm not a Christian because I don't consider myself a Christian. I don't think that in my own personal beliefs, I don't think we should set, like, a, like put ourselves in a box of, like, I am this religion, or I am this belief system, like, like, for someone like me, that's very limiting, mm -hmm. um, but I said that to my grandfather, I'm like, I'm not a Christian, and he looks at me in the face, he's like, yeah, you are, and I'm like, oh. no, I'm not, oh, <laughs> yeah, like, but he's like, and then he's like, okay, and he kind of, like, thought about it a little bit, but the thing is, is that, in my eyes, he's not even a Christian. He doesn't right. go to church. He doesn't believe in a lot of the things that, like, he doesn't, there's stories that he calls himself a Christian, but he doesn't even believe in certain Bible stories, the biblical stories. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It's it, it's odd, because I think that you're right, where a lot of people call themselves Christians, but mm -hmm. they don't practice it. Right. They, um, I don't think they fully grasped the redemptive um, and repentant aspect of the gospel, but yeah, obviously faith is not inherited. <laughs> it's like the default religion, though. right? And you're like yeah. filling out your like like some taxes or a form or something. Like, mm -hmm. There is uh, also that. I yeah, exactly. That. Like, you, you, what 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 religion are you, or what belief right. system? People just cross up Christian because it's easy. Right. Like, it was yeah. kind of funny because I started a new job this summer, and uh, 
it this this job's very unionized, so you do have to fill out like a form like that. And uh, <laughs> I there wasn't an option to put other like there should have been, but there was like this list of like religions, and I picked Buddhist <laughs> just for fun. I'm like they're not ever gonna look at this right. anyway. Yeah. And then uh, I was uh, at work, and someone like a supervisor came up to me randomly, and they're just like, just to let you know. The nearest um, oh. monk monastery or whatever oh is in Portland on the street. And oh, I, I was, like, so confused. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they're just like, oh, like, just this, this the, the nearest, like, place you can go and pray is this monk or whatever. It's, it's in Portland. Like, uh-huh. And, like, my, my job's in Auburn. And I'm just like, all right, like, cool, but... I'm, I'm glad, I, like, thanks for telling me that. That's really cool. But, like, why are you telling me that? And then they're just like, you put Buddhist on your, like, your preferred religion. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but I did it just to put something, you know? Right. Yeah. There is that. But, but like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a very real thing. I didn't even think about that part. But, yeah. So, I mean, like, obviously we don't, as Christians, we're called to be, like, separate from the world. So we don't think the way that many popular people think and so that's kind of what I meant when I said that um but yeah I I definitely don't think we're oppressed here I mean sure I get my feelings hurt a lot but um like I'm not getting killed yeah I I wonder if I would have put something else like if I put like like Christian or something they would have told me where the nearest church was you know like Mm, I kind of thought about that too I was like like, is it the only thing that yeah maybe because there's like a certain type time to pray if you're like I don't know Hinduism, Judaism, true, yeah, true. Islam. I know that they pray at a few different times during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think that that kind of concludes yeah, it. That was a really good conversation. Yeah, it was really really good conversation. And I think that uh, was this was actually a really good idea, Liz, because I feel mm-hmm. like me and you talk all the time. Yeah, we need anyways. Yeah, so, I think a lot of people could benefit from hearing it. And yeah, it's always good conversations, always, always. And I think that when me and you are just sitting down and talking, we're just like we kind of need to. It'd be cool if other people could weigh on in this yeah, time, you know? Like, absolutely. I always think that. And, uh, but whoever listens to this, thank you so much for listening. And yeah. uh, take everything we're saying with a grain of salt, because mm-hmm. as we say, we're, we are not you. Right, we're learning <laughs> so, for ourselves, yeah. too. Yeah, free will. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. thanks for coming. We hope it, like, benefits you and that it's thought-provoking. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know that this was supposed to be mainly about anxiety, but... <laughs> You know, it's what it, it is what it is. It still comes full circle. It does. It really yeah. does. So, right. yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.